Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us at lakeswoodsandirons.com and uh, also wherever your podcasts are sold. Brought you away in part, uh, this segment brought you away in part, I should say, by uh, SER Northern, the ones with Old Man Winter on the truck, and by Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints one of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. Chris Foley with me. Chris, another week as the uh, time just flies by and we're almost to the end of April. Yeah, hard to believe, uh, especially with the, the weather we've had, that uh, that we're almost at the end of April. And uh, But thankfully, the sun is shining and uh, <laughs> all the, the golf courses in the Brainerd Lakes area are getting opened up. Yeah, let's hope. But don't say that too loud that the sun is shining. We <laughs> We don't want it to change back. It's funny to hear people talk about, you know, at least there's not snow in the forecast. You want to go, it's practically May 1st. That's right. <laughs> so the long, the long winter, but that means uh, uh, an anxious public can get on the golf course, right? For sure, for sure. PGA had their, uh, had their best ball event, uh, uh, some unique partnerships in there, and uh, some uh, not, uh, well, maybe not up to uh, PGA standards in a couple of cases. Duvall and Daly were together, right? That was kind of odd to see on the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah, that that was interesting. You know, it's, it, this being a non-elevated event following, you know, three elevated events and a major, yeah. a lot of players were, were you know, you know taking, taking some time off. So it, uh, it definitely had the weakest field of... Uh, of any event this year and because of that they uh there was a, a lot of availability and zurich has what they call unlimited sponsors exemptions where they can uh they can invite you know basically any players to play and uh, well on the surface the uh a pairing of david duvall and john daly uh brings a lot of I guess you'd call star power or former star power. Right. But, yeah. Uh, those two certainly, uh, neither one of them is, has, has played very well in the, in the last, uh, you know, really the last decade and neither one of them has played very well in the champions tour. So, uh, that was an interesting, uh, interesting pairing. And, uh, they, uh, I think they ended up finishing, finishing DFL. So. <laughs> I think, I think that's right. Yeah. And I think, I think Big John has to ride the cart around. He's uh, he's got the medical exemption due to his knee, which also right. the knee could be due to his midsection. I have a feeling, but <laughs> we'll say it's the knee. <laughs> there might be some correlation there. <laughs> and the ladies had uh, a ma- their first major of the year, and it was uh, not a big name that won it. Um, uh, not a not a hugely familiar name. And uh, not a lot of drama with that tournament either, actually, which is kind of rare that uh, the both tours don't have uh, don't have some drama drama down the stretch. Yeah, you know, for a new site for major, the they were at the Woodlands in Texas, and uh, you know, it, it used to be the Dinosaur in Palm Springs. Really, the you know, for years, kind of the ma- the masters for the ladies because it was always at the same site at Mission Hills and had such a great tradition and a great following. And uh, this year, you know, the Chevron moved the tournament to uh, uh, to Houston, 
and uh, new venue, so the ladies weren't familiar with it. Um, you know, obviously a great field, but uh, really not a lot of drama until the, the, the playoff at the end, where Lilia Vu ended up winning, uh, a Californian who's had a, you know, had a great amateur career and, uh, you know, it's, it's just starting to come on the scene for the, on the ladies' tour. Another young gun. The ladies' tour seems to produce them every year. Somebody news out there that uh, catches fire and wins some tournaments. So that could be. You were talking star power there with the guys, but boy, Dinah Shore, she really did bring star power to the Elp. I remember that being the one tournament that uh, national TV would have, and uh, uh, Dinah Shore did a terrific job in elevating the LPGA for many, many, many years. Yeah, she she was, I mean, largely responsible for uh, a lot of growth in the ladies' game and, and uh, you know, people really taking an interest in the ladies' tour. And so it's, uh, it's, it's really a shame that that tournament's gone and isn't in Palm Springs any longer. And I know, you know, spending a lot of time in Palm Springs, I know uh, uh, people, are, people are very disappointed it's not there anymore. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's a, I mean, it's so beautiful in Palm Springs. Why wouldn't the tour yeah. want to go there and play? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you know, the, with the Augusta, the National Women's Amateur, it, it traditionally was the same week as what is now the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And um, with that event, it really hurt the scheduling uh, for, you know, for the ladies' tour with that. And that, that was kind of the downfall of, of the, uh, moving the event, moving the date, and all. So, Chris, we've got it's an interesting, interesting guest coming up. Robert Bell is going to join us. Yeah, former uh, Piers golfer who is now the assistant golf coach at the University of Minnesota is going to uh, join us uh, in our next segment. That'll be good. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Streaming at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com. Also find us at Podcast One or really wherever you can find your podcasts. Uh, brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11. Deck and patio seating. Fingers crossed for that. And uh, also by Shannon's Auto Body, new sponsor this year. They've got a new location in Brainerd to uh, better serve their customers. Opening soon there. So thanks to our sponsors. Chris, very special guest. I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome Robert Bell to the show. Robert is the men's uh, assistant golf coach at the University of Minnesota and former Pierce High School golfer. Robert, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, Chris. Absolutely. So, Robert, those who don't know you, you you, uh, you had a great high school career at Pierce, went in a state high school championship your senior year, and and uh, uh, won a couple, I think, the state junior that, that same summer, and you had a nice career at the University of Minnesota. Share, share a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of how you, how you got from Pierce High School to now the assistant coach at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, you know, for Pierce, it's, a, it's only a town of about 1,500 people now. When I was growing up, it was maybe only 1,000. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would play every single day. My mom would drop me off at the golf course at 8 a.m., pick me up at 5 a or 5 p.m. when she was done on her work shift. And you know, Piers, it was just a nine-hole golf course, no driving range, no bunkers. So in my, 
in, in my own right, I, I shouldn't have been able to kind of make it to where, where I am, so to speak. But, um, you know, I, I worked my tail off um, to be able to, uh, to give myself the best chance to, to be able to, to play at the next level. Um, at the time, I didn't really know where that would quite lead me. Um, but I, I, I always loved the game of golf. Um, at age 16, I, I started getting swing instruction from, from a guy named Scott Dirk out in Alexandria. And once I started seeing him, my game started to take off. And uh, from that point on, um, you know, once I kept learning more about the golf swing and just course management and kind of the way to get around and play different golf courses, um, you know, my game started getting to the point where I thought I could do it at a, at a much higher level. And thankfully, the University of Minnesota uh, offered me a scholarship late into my senior summer. And it, yeah, I mean, I had five great years here at Minnesota. And uh, man, it's it, it's funny how things come around full circle. <laughs> yeah, and so you you know after you got out of the U, you you uh, you both played and taught, correct? Yeah, I played professionally for nine years. Um, still play as a pro, but obviously. Um, you know, now with, with helping the students here, um, I, don't, I don't get to play as much, which is okay for me. Um, but, yeah, I still like to stay competitive on the side. I would, I would teach. I did that for about three or four years leading into this position. Um, and what I found is uh, as, as much as I love to play the game, I, I enjoyed it equally uh, to give back as well, um, just from the experiences that I gained along the way, whether it was – you know, from Scott in high school to my coaches that I had in college and, you know, learning from the experiences of all the professional golfers that I've, I've crossed paths with over the years. Um, there's, there's so much to learn about the game. And uh, I'm a firm believer in you're never too old to be able to learn. And so um, I, found a, I found a passion in, in giving back to the game. And I wanted to be able to, um, you know, bestow the experiences that I had, so to speak, to, to younger generations. Sure. And, and was college coaching something that you, uh, that you've always wanted to do or uh, how did the opportunity come about? Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's something that I always wanted to do. Um, it was always something that was in the back of my mind. I mean, first and foremost, I always wanted to play. It was just kind of my mentality of, of, of being a go-getter and trying to pursue the dreams that I always had growing up. Um, and although I got, really close several times. Um, I, I got to the point in, in my career and, and the age I was at and the opportunity at Minnesota opened up over uh, last year around Christmas, or I should say about a year and a half ago around Christmas time when I was with my family. And it just felt like it was, it was the right calling for me to come back to my alma mater and, and, and try and uh, start my new journey this way. Well, that's great. And uh, tell tell us about the uh, about the season with the Gophers. You guys are you have the Big Ten championships coming up, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. We have that this weekend. Yes. And and how's the season been this year? You know, it's it's had its ups and downs for sure. Um, in the fall season, it was um, I would say it was it was pretty good. Um, we had we we finished fourth in our Gopher Invitational. We won an event over at Yale. Uh, we didn't play uh, so great at, at Milwaukee's event, um, or I should say Marquette's event at Milwaukee Country Club um, and down at Isleworth. And then uh, we had a great tournament out in Cal, um, finishing second out there. So the fall was, was pretty good. Uh, we started off our, our spring going undefeated at, at the Big Ten Championship, um, or sorry, Big Ten match play. 
And then um, our first event out was at Colleton River, and we finished uh, pretty high in that field in, in a really good field. So, you know, we started getting momentum on our side pretty early in the springtime, um, bleeding over from the fall. And then, uh, you know, we kind of hit a spurt here the last month where uh, we just haven't been playing our best golf. And so we, we've been working really hard over the last, you know, few weeks to, to prepare for the Big Ten Championship. It looks like the weather is going to be really windy and really rainy um, and and cold on a couple of days. So, uh, you know, it should fit into our hands. Uh, I always thought weather is a great equalizer to uh, to a lot of the teams in the field, whether you're on the bottom or whether you're on the top, it just kind of levels out the playing field. So um, sure. a big message to our guys is going to be attitude and, and grit for sure because the conditions are going to promote that. Where are the Big Tens being played from? Uh, the Big Ten Championship is just outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey, at a place called Galloway National. Have you have you have you been out in that direction, Chris? At all? Have you seen the golf course? I I have not seen it in person, but I know it's a great golf course. Um, that area has so much great golf. And um, the uh, undefeated in match play, Robert. That's that's interesting. Tell me a little bit about how that works, because that seems pretty impressive to go undefeated in a match play event. Yeah, so every every springtime, um, the Big Ten gets together and they do they do a match play event, and uh, most of the teams attend the event, um, and so it all goes off of, of where you're ranked in golf stat with with seeding purposes, um, and so you'll play a, you'll play uh, you play five guys, um, or sorry, I'm, you play six guys in the format. Um, each just like typical match play, each match is going to be worth a full point for your team. So. Um, it, you know, let's say we play Indiana, um, for example, like our number one, will go up against their number one, our number two will go up against their number two and so on and so forth down the line. Um, now they used to be able to, um, you know, seed players wherever you wanted as coaches, kind of similar. How do they do it with the Ryder cup, which is, which is pretty fun, but now they've, they've, they've taken that away and they just go strictly off the golf stat rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really fun event for our team, um, especially for us in Minnesota coming off the winters that we do um, to start with a match play format. Um, it just helps, you know, may- maybe ease some of the the pressures of of always having a ball in play. You know, if you lose a ball, it's just it's just a it's just a hole opposed to making a big number on the card. So it kind of it's a it's a good little transition for us to to get things rolling um, that way to to start getting into the rigors of our of our spring season. That's great. Robert, how, how much of a disadvantage is it for a team, team like the University of Minnesota coming out of the, you know, basically your whole spring season, you, the golf courses in Minnesota aren't, aren't open? Yeah, correct. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, we're, we're able to combat that pretty well with the technology that we have in our indoor facility. Um you know Ben Warren. He's our he's our number one player. Um, you know he 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 went out in the winter time and and won the Southwest Amateur down in in Phoenix, and so it, it's certainly a possibility, right? That if you if you're putting in the right work around around here in the winter time, um, that you can still go out and play some really good golf. Now, yeah, you're correct. It's always going to be a challenge that we face um, on a lot of different levels. Um, but the ability that we have, um, you know, you have to you have to schedule strategic. You, know, you can't just go down to um, in the southeast and start playing against the best teams in the country <laughs> that you know have been playing all all winter long. Um, so we have to be a little bit smart on that end. So we try to play a lot of the northern teams right out of the gates um, that we feel like we're kind of at the same same level as. 
albeit playing the best golf courses that we can that we can face. You are listening to our conversation with Robert Bell, assistant golf coach at the University of Minnesota and former state champ from just down the road at Piers High School. We're back with more from Robert right after this on Lakes Woods and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons, 1380 KLIZ. Also streaming at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com, and really wherever you can find your podcast, you'll find us under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Now back to our conversation with Robert Bell, assistant golf coach at the University of Minnesota. And this segment brought your way in part by Cragen's Legacy Golf Courses. Boy, just can't wait to get out there and play those courses this year. And the Tea Hive for all your active sportswear. Now back to our interview with Robert. Robert, let's talk a little bit about, you know, playing college golf, if you know, if if we've got listeners or parents who uh, you know have the goal of, of playing at the college level, what, what what's a junior have to do to 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 get to that level, and what what do you look for in players? Yeah, I, I think um, it's a great question. So um, I th- I think what we look for in players is you know how how complete is the package, right? And 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 what really translates to the hardest golf courses that we're going to face. Um, that, that's, that's the biggest question that we answer. Like we play, we play courses like Isleworth and we play courses like the Floridian that are just extremely demanding. Um, and so when we're out recruiting, I think that's one of the biggest things we look for, um, is, is how the, the kids games translate. And I think the biggest factor, um, that what we're seeing is, is off the tee, um, and, and the ability to knock in close putts. You know, if you can drive it straight and you can, and you can clean up inside of five feet, um, you know, theoretically, you should be able to keep the ball in front of you and, and post some decent scores. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Jo- uh, Justin always talks about uh, head coach Justin Smith always talks about. He said, if you can't putt it, you can't score, and if you can't drive it, you can't play. And so, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a fascinating statement, but there's so much validity to it. And I think one of the biggest things that we see too that transitions to the college level is is the education of the students. Um, it seems like the you know the higher their GPA is, um, the easier that transition is uh, when they first get to college. It's it's always it's always something that you know the the schedule of events that we have with workouts and then class and then practice. Um, you start doing those things every single day. Um, you really have to learn how to prioritize um, and schedule and 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 things like that. And for young young students, it it it, it can be a, a difficult transition to do so um and so what we found out is is the kids that that are that perform really well in the classroom um it, it's an easier transition for them once once they get here to, to focus more on on the golf side of things because school isn't as much of a trouble yeah it's interesting people are realizing that the the kids that i work with who you know want to play at the division one level one of the things that, you know, Division One golf is probably as, as demanding time-wise as any college sport because you're, uh, you know, number one, you're you're gone for generally three days for for all your tournaments at least. Uh, you're you're practice-wise, you're practicing four or five days, six days a week, and and a practice is you know by the time you drive to the golf course, drive back to campus do everything you know you're looking at you know four to six hours plus all the other things you do the workouts and the study time and 
you know that. So the college golf time wise is very demanding. So hundred uh, percent, yeah. Especially I, for I, I again, especially for us, for how many flights that we take um, to go places. Yeah, so I, I can see why that you know the kids who ha- have the highest GPAs are the are the ones that are going to probably thrive as a as a college player as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's it's something that um, you know the University of Minnesota we're we're a great academic school um, as well as athletics, and so that's that's always going to be number one. Um, you know, student has always come before athlete, and that's the way. Uh, that that's the way it's always going to be. And so academics is, is a huge part of what we do and what we look for um, also in recruiting. So so Big Ten this week, what are your chances of uh, qualifying for the NCAAs, Robert? Well, um, you know, over the last few events that we've had, uh, we've kind of put ourselves in a in a pickle for regional bids. So um, we'll have to we'll have to win the Big Tens to to, to earn that bid into regionals. Um, now, we, we certainly feel that that we can do that um especially with the weather that we're going to see um we're going to have to go beat a team like illinois who's won gosh i don't even know how how, however many of of the last you know 14 15 i think they've won all but all but one and the one that they didn't is um the one that university of minnesota won in 2014 so you know i i i i firm believer and there's always a you know there's always a chance when you when you tee it up you know everyone starts at the same number um, everyone puts on their pants the same way <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I, I think the message to our guys is, you know, not, not paying attention to, to any of the leaderboards and, and just, you know, what can they, what can they focus on and, and really enjoying the process of doing everything they can in that moment and on that swing, on that shot, and just, um, do that over the course of an 18 hole um, round and do it over the course of a 54 hole tournament. And we're going to see, um, we're going to see where the chips fall at the end. Well, that's great. Well, Robert, good luck to the, you and the team this week. And, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Of, of course. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. Robert, I wanted to ask you one more question. You're nine years yeah. as a pro and now a teacher and, uh, of the game. And, uh, when you head back to Piers as a former state champ, do you still get nostalgic like a lot of us do when you get on the old home, the home track? Oh, man, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's always fun going back to Piers. Um, I love my roots. I love where I grew up. Um, <laughs> everybody in Piers has always been so supportive uh, of me and, and my career, and some of my best friends are still um, still at home. Um, so it's it's always a treat for me to stop at the golf course and and you know play nine holes there and just kind of reflect on all the memories that I had as a kid growing up and and the memories that I had with my friends um, and grab some feeling meats on the way home. <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Thanks for taking the time. We sure appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, thanks, Robert. Robert Bell, assistant golf coach at the University of Minnesota, former state champ from Piers. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons. On 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com and uh, wherever your podcasts are sold as well. Uh, Yeah, we look forward to finding out where everybody's listening from. Listeners from around the world, which is pretty fun for us. Uh, This segment brought you away by Holiday Stores on Mill Avenue, Cross Lake, and now Excelsior Road. And also Shannon's Auto Body with a new location coming to Brainerd to better serve their customers. 
Chris, uh, great guests as always, and uh, uh, we got a uh, couple of questions. I was watching the uh, ter- not this week; it was actually last week, and I wrote down a couple terms, and I can't think of it exactly. It was guys off the tee down the stretch. Some guys were kind of in the in the heat of the battle a couple weeks back. There's been big tournaments, as we said, the elevated tournaments and the uh, uh, and the uh, Masters, of course, recently. One of the terms that we've talked about in the past is the uh, the double cross, and uh, maybe explain to our listeners that that seems to come up in uh, key situations, pressure situations, and you'll hear that term. He double crossed it, and usually it's a hook, right? Yeah, t- typically a, a guy is uh, or a gal is is setting up to to hit a cut shot, shot uh, left to right. And they end up, you know, hitting a pole hook, and um, you know, which is a lot of times. A lot of times, they're trying to hit a, a, you know, trying to hit that cut shot because of the there's there's trouble trouble left. Yeah. So that when when they uh, when they hit that pole hook, it's uh, it's generally going to cost them a couple shots. But uh, you know what 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 happens is it is you know they're they're lying left. They, they want to make a, a swing to create a shot that goes left to right, and generally the you know either they 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 get quick in their transition and and what I call coming coming underneath it, where their their body gets out of sync with their arms and they end up having to um, you know the, the club's coming too much from the inside the face gets closed and and they end up pull hooking it and. Um, you know, probably there's probably not a, a a shot that an elite level player hates more than that type of miss. Yeah, and it's it's probably pretty fixable for them, I would guess. They get with their with their pro or their caddy on the range, and uh, it doesn't take too long because to, they I'm sure they realize that when they hit it, oh, I, I double crossed it. I mean, because everybody has done yeah. it. No, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, usually it's you know you're in the heat of the battle, and it's uh, just one of those things that happens. You get out of sync, and it happens. So yeah, it's not like a shank, which is different. That's what I hit. That's not what they hit. <laughs> <laughs> we all hit a shank on occasion, Mac. <laughs> How about uh, putting tips this time of year? You see, a, of course, PGA guys are always. Uh, their game's always basically in top shape, but putting tips early in the year for people as the courses start to open up, Chris. So, what are we looking for? You know, the the, the biggest thing, Mac, is 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 working on distance control. Uh, and it, it really doesn't matter if it's this time of year or in the heart of the season. But uh, you know, the the number one uh, thing in putting is, or the most important part of putting is is controlling the distance that you hit the hit the ball and. Uh, you know, if you have good distance control, you're going to eliminate three putts, and you're going to make a make a lot more bre- makeable breaking putts. Because um, you, you can you can have the perfect line uh, on a putt, it, but if you don't have the correct speed, gravity isn't isn't going to affect the the way the ball should, and uh, um, you're not going to make the putt. So. You know, a good a good way to practice distance control is, uh, you know, take take five balls and and uh, pace off on the putting green from the hole and go every two paces, drop a ball, 
So you've, you've got balls that are approximately 6, 12, 18, 24, and 30 feet. And um, go from, from the first ball to the last ball and just try to hit those putts and get them all within, you know, let's say a foot radius of the hole. And uh, do that from different angles around the hole. And if you, if you work on that, you, you can consistently get it within that, that foot to 18-inch radius. Your distance control is going to improve dramatically. We've talked a lot about time out there, Chris. Uh, time on the green, time on the range, time with your short game. But time on the green, it's uh, kind of, uh, you know, guys in a little bit of a rush maybe. And uh, they go down and wrap about a uh, half dozen putts and get one close and, uh, you know, call her good. But it uh, takes some discipline to uh, get down your distance control, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, and it just it, it, it takes time and you've got to put the effort into it. And, um, you know, if, if you only had a few minutes to practice, um, I'd you know, especially for, before a round of golf, I'd, I'd rather see somebody loosen up by just making some swings and then hitting, hitting some putts on the putting green uh, rather than you know going and hitting a bunch of drivers or whatever, it's, it's going to have a bigger impact on your game. Uh, getting a feel for the greens as opposed to uh, you know hitting shots. Drive for show, putt for dough, Chris. Yeah, you you still have to drive it well, but uh, <laughs> you want to score that that putting's important. <laughs> exactly right. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.